First off, I want to clarify, because I realized when we talked about the elephants taking over, it might have sounded like it was like a Republican takeover. And we're talking literal elephants. Literal elephants. Literal elephants. Um, If you are new to the podcast, we are predicting the future because we're banking a few episodes here. Um, Scott and I, you know, this is I Don't Heart Radio, and we like to cover bands that are un... uh, unappreciated that are making amazing music that isn't getting enough attention um and so we also play in a band ourselves called summer like the season and that band is going on tour for a month and a half is on tour right is on tour we are ahead of time uh taping some of these we need to start shifting the time continuum because it is now march 20th okay and we're predicting where the world is you know we are actively reporting on the world as it is. Totally, totally. On yeah. March 20th. Uh-huh. Just, you know, it's the, the time stream is very tricky to get a hold of. We're yes. kind of, it's... you know, pushing and pulling. We're here. We're there. We're mm-hmm. then. We're now. We Timey-wimey. are looking in this moment into the glass ball of um, the elephant takeover. Uh on last episode, um, you know, a week ago, as you know, in the timeline you're living in, um, a week ago, there w- was a, a huge shift in the politics across the country. We decided humans Corporate can't really... structuring. Yes. Humans can't handle it. Um, there's been a restructuring in uh, the animal elephants. I mean, it's are, really, it's greatly benefited they've they've, the podcast, the band... I cannot stress enough that I'm very grateful oh, for all of these, fans. these opportunities that we've been afforded because now we have like ad reads, you know? Right. Like uh, Lava Lamp LLC is uh-huh. now a proud sponsor of I Don't Heart Radio. Yes. Yes. And Amazing. I love lava the Lava Lamp. <laughs> I love Lava Lamp. <laughs> okay, what else um, should we report on from this week? Where are we right now? Well, let's um, see. As it is time. March 20th, that means we are in... I'm looking at April 20th. We're so in, we're not even... That's, that's not, not even the, the date right that it time. is. No, that's, no, no. I mean, that's just how... That's just how fucked I want to say SLC, but it might be the day before. We're that. also it's March twenty third. Oh, I'm, you're I'm just like, wrong. I'm just wrong. Wow. Okay, we're at Tree Fort. We're in Boise. We're right? in Boise. Yes, okay. we were in SLC last night. Wait, this no, is all wrong. This because is all we're wrong. doing a podcast live there, so it's actually the week no, after. No, 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 no. We're doing a podcast <laughs> live that comes out. On March 30th. I see. Wow, this so is amazing this content, is you guys. The, this we are, is, it's March, it is 23rd. March 23rd. We are at Tree Fort Music Festival. What an amazing um, opportunity it is to play these shows here in Idaho. Uh, we love Tree Fort and we love a lot of the bands that are playing. Lewis Cole. Yeah. Super excited for that. Um, I think we have seen Lewis Cole at this point. Yes. Oh, we've yeah. become best friends. Uh, yeah. He's our new yeah. bud. Yep. In this timeline uh yes and what else has happened it's been a crazy well, week i mean we've been driving through the country we yes. did uh you know the shows i mean remember denver 
Denver. Crazy, crazy time. Some of the best people. We love Denver. Zadie did their big farewell to Denver. There was going to be, there will be. I'm having a hard time doing the tenses of what's happening here. Well, that's, uh, the time travel's tough. You know, Zadie did that whole video projection on the, uh, the wall of the yes. Denver Capitol. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Celebrating the elephants. Right, of course. A- another proper elephant appreciator. <laughs> oh, definitely. And then we played at the Beehive in Salt Lake City. Yep. <clears throat> Salt that, Lake City. That show um, was great. Was incredible. It, it was definitely uh, it bees was, actually also bees appeared. You know what? That uh, the show was full of bees, uh-huh. and that was great because at first it was like, "Oh shit, that's a lot of bees!" But it turned out that they were a very appreciative crowd. Yeah. And well, we ran into that problem with our merch where we sold all of our shirts to the elephant. To the elephant, you know, we had to make one super shirt. Yeah. Which did drastically change like the entire scope of humanity. I mean, we did save the world yeah if this is the first bod- podcast you're coming in on i i mean i you know it's you gotta it's listen up. to the it's, other podcast last week to understand anything that's happening in this moment we'll get well don't worry we'll get so to the band and at first it was like oh no all of these bees yes but then it was like i had a you know a, a thought mm-hmm. we're out of shirts but you know what we have a lot of stickers we can fashion. Oh, and that'll t- work for I made, the bees. They're I little, made tiny, tiny bee t-shirts. Oh, out of the and, stickers? Out of the stickers. Oh, how cute. And we cleaned up. Wow. You know, I mean, we sold a lot of stickers. It was very inclusive of us to figure out how to make it work for well, the bees. Well, that's, that's the spirit of the band. Yes, of course. Spirit of the beehive. Spirit of the beehive. Yes. All right. Um, welcome. This is I Don't Heart Radio. I'm Summer Krinsky. I'm Scott Murphy. And this could be your next favorite band. All right. So I want to talk about... Selma Savalinen. Did <laughs> you just read the name aloud for the first time? Yeah, uh, they're they're from Finland. Okay, and I'm not gonna say a lot of words. This is one of those episodes where I'm not gonna say a lot of words correctly. Uh huh. Well, I think that you know, if we learned anything from the Isle of Egg, <laughs> right? That sometimes my sometimes gut instincts are just totally right. Yeah, but um, the the music is awesome. It's super, yeah. like the comparison, it's, very Fiona Apple is my immediate. Yeah, there's a, well, it's Fiona Apple if Fiona Apple was, was into f- jazz. Was better at jazz. Yeah. Because I think that Fiona Apple is into jazz, uh-huh. but isn't as like fluent in jazz. Yes. Uh, Selma is a jazz master. It's awesome. Yeah. It's really, really, really good. It's like Fiona Apple if it wasn't trying to like straddle a, a line. Straddle a line, have a pop pop like there's still a you know, there's a catchy chorus, but um just like a she's allowed the music to go way more out yeah. which I personally I yeah. love oh I love yeah. it goes way out too I mean uh-huh. there is like a minute and a half clarinet solo that just like but it's it, great it's every moment yeah. of it every is great, is great. yeah, yeah I, I felt like it's like I mean because Fiona Apple <clears throat> I like I really really liked Fetch the the Bolt Cutters yeah 
But the other songs before, like the other albums, I don't know. I, I never got as hooked until the last I like one. all the Fiona yeah, Apple. Fair. All of saying... you, can, you can direct your hate at Summer and not me. Well, I you... love the, I yeah. love the. Yeah, Fetch the Ball Coders yeah. is fantastic, but, but like, Idler Wheel is incredible. Like, they're all pretty good. <laughs> Sneeze. I mean, you did pick up. Oh, don't even clap. Okay. We're gonna keep We're rolling. We're just keeping the sneeze. That's the I'm sneeze. Sorry. That was the sneeze. That's a punishing road sneeze. That's my... a tour sneeze. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, anyway, this the, <laughs> Selma is. It's just totally. Yeah. It's such cool because also here's the thing. So like maybe Fiona Apple is a little more in the box, even though yeah. there's some weird stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just a little more like. It's gritted out for sure. Yeah. And um then but some like freer jazz stuff goes so out that there's no unlistenable. Yeah, it's it's like um it's gotten so distant from whatever thing it's trying to get across that I feel like you have to be in a really wild headspace to find a connection point. Yeah. And this is like totally still connectable at least for me but also i like weird stuff it's right. totally i feel like there's, it's so there's well so put many together. interesting things that happen here because okay i mean if we just talk about like the the basic structure of the group mm-hmm. it's like it's uh selma doing like powerhouse vocals that also she drastically changes her entire approach to vocalization in Mm -hmm. every single section of the song. Totally. Like it opens in kind of like a new age, um, like kind of like very breathy, Mm -hmm. like, like stuttery, like almost like approximating like the sound of a looped vocal it felt looped vocals and it felt really really up close it felt like a lot of um my like jazz vocal friends like had phases where they did looping with the tc helicon and it kind of had that energy to it like very up close um breathy looping tc helicon energy Uh, yeah it wasn't looping you're saying yeah exactly it has that energy it has that energy and then it goes into like more of almost there's like a straight jazz well no no, no, the chorus the chorus is the theatrical uh like kind of like broadway belting it goes into straight jazz yeah yeah, and then there's jazz and then there's straight jazz but jazz influenced right 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 (laughs) well i mean it, it sounds like you know it it is like jazz vocalization yeah yeah yeah. and Mm -hmm. every single one and she's shifting between these I- entirely different approaches to doing vocals like seamlessly uh-huh. and every that's what's so exciting about the song is that the band is also shifting, shifting yeah. styles on mm-hmm. every single section it's like bar to bar and they're just locking in on it because the you know the band is built around um horns drums double bass it's like a traditional jazz quintet Mm -hmm. and the players are they're doing like kind of like big horn lines but then there's also an entire section where they're doing like kind of like a minimalist uh like you would traditionally hear it like voiced on like arpeggiated synthesizers they're like approximating electronic music yeah yeah totally yeah, no, there was a, there were some elements of it that felt like there was some. Um, it's interesting because I feel like the usually electronic music kind of tried to approximate the textures of acoustic stuff, and then right. it kind of developed its, its own, own voice. Voice, and then it's kind of coming back 
onto instruments. Yeah. And it's making instruments play differently. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's cool. It's really cool to hear. And also the out part, like it gets more dissonant as it goes. It has like a um, yeah. far more, it, like the chorus is very, I, I felt like a musical theater ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From just the chorus. Yeah, absolutely. And then it goes out in this super dissonant zone, but but maintains this like, um, it maintains like the pulse and it maintains kind of, it all keeps landing on a, on like, um, it has like this thing where it lands on the same place. Does it, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. It'll like go really out, but keep landing you home, um, with enough frequency that you feel like right. you are Which in is it. to say that this is a, this song comes in at three minutes and 52 seconds. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's that thing where it's drastically changing texture and style and, and and like everything that kind of underpins it as a piece of music, but it never feels like you've left the song. Yeah, which is weird for how how out, out it, goes. it goes. Yeah, that's the that's the really rewarding thing about like, this track. It does a bunch of stuff that you expect to maybe hear across an album in one song, but doesn't feel like so collaged or out of place that it ever feels abrupt. It just feels like, oh, that was cool. Yeah. Oh, that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's such a rewarding listen. And every time I listen to it, there's something more to think about and uncover. Mm-hmm. This is one of those, like, really, you know, very satisfying tracks. Yeah. Um, which is to say, that song is called Intense Ways to Recover, which is an awesome line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Intense Ways to Recover. Yeah. Seeking some of those. And I think that, like upon listening to the the line is used in the chorus intense ways to recover but the the grammatical structuring of it it's like a um it's a play on rather that that's an intense way to recover but it is we are in tense ways to recover hmm yeah we are in ten yeah like, yeah uh-huh. yeah <laughs> And even within that, it's like intense ways, like tense, like uh, you know, st- stressed, uh, right. compressed ways, or in what like tense, like pre- uh, maybe I'm just time traveling. We're for this time episode, traveling but again. Present, past. Yeah. What tense? What tense are we in? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and there there are plays on when we are within the song yeah that, that is part of the lyrical uh journey there oh cool so I yeah didn't even there's like there's catch. a lot yeah. in this song uh mm-hmm. and it, it's just it's really it's this one's sweet um this is off of horror vacui which is available for pre-order right now um this is as far as i can tell selma's debut wow which is crazy yeah it's really really cool uh and the full record is out on may 6th and so from finland you said yeah finland this is the debut is there any more information or is it i um... all i have is the Bandcamp copy wow you want to is it yeah okay it's good uh selma is one of finland's most exciting emergent vote vocalist who effortlessly combines Finnish folk sounds and with jazz and alt singer songwriter styles. Yeah, you know, that's uh I'm I'm excited to hear the Finnish folk I'm assuming comes later in the album. Yeah. Um 
she writes highly emotive compositions for her band alongside striking arrangements, which, yeah, I mean, these are incredible arrangements. Yeah, they're really good. I mean, it's stretched a quintet to, like, absolute maximum. Yeah. Um, uh, Horror Vacui is her debut record. (laughs) Crazy. Uh You know, Uh, it features some of the most sought-after musicians on the Finnish jazz scene, Max Zenger on clarinet, uh, Tommy Niku on trumpet, uh, Tomas Keski-Santi on piano, and Aero Tikanen on double bass, and Oko Sastamoinen on drums. Which, I mean, killer band. Yeah. Like, put together an amazing band. Um, Selma is an alumnus of Betty Carter's Jazz Ahead program and the Banff International Workshop for Jazz and Creative oh, Music. Banff. I always consider going to Banff. Do you know what Banff is? This is Banff. In Canada. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're saying Banff? Banff. This Banff? is B-A-N-F-F? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's, so I, unless it's something else, I'm pretty sure it's the it's like a, a artist residency thing in this beautiful, like in the mountain. I think it's Banff, Canada. Unless this is a different thing. Ah, uh, we don't know. Okay, we don't know. Sorry. We just don't know. Sorry, I'm pretty sure it's that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so uh, the copy ends with Horror Vacui is a strong debut entry from an exciting musician whose compositional approach is captivating and underpinned by impressive technique. Yeah, yes. I mean, that's... Uh, How old is, is she? Do you know? Hard to say. I mean, it sounds like she just finished jazz college which means that you're anywhere from the age 22 to 55 yeah (laughs) you know uh very wide it just is really mature writing yeah i mean i know you know it's just i mean it just sounds like she just put in the work to study and do it and then just delivered right away yeah which is cool i just i think i have a weird relationship with jazz uh, um because i like you know i'm friends with a lot of jazz people and i like jazz and i grew up with uh, jazz jazz stuff happening in my my dad's a jazz piano he's person. a jazz I've boy. never been a jazz player Irwin the original jazz boy yes and I have a you know I think that sometimes and I don't this is just a theory I personally have not it's not always but I feel like sometimes when you have so so many, many compositional tools at your fingertips your improv skills are out of this world you have trouble choosing which path right. the multiverse of song will take. And the writing doesn't... Uh, it, it occasionally suffers. It's, I would say I, more I, than occasionally. Well, a lot of the best players in jazz, I don't personally like their composition. And this is well, a I mean, total... Well, I mean, even in the, best, in the best jazz settings, the head is the least exciting part of the song. Uh-huh. Like, that's... That's just not the point. Yeah, this is amazing writing. writing. Yeah. yeah, this is amazing writing, and well, and that's the thing too is the the improv sections feel slightly written, like there's a thing that they have to be coming back. Do you know what I mean? Where well, like, I mean it that's feels the arrangement. Like there's, yeah, right. it's in just any really... if I mean if you listen to like a lot of jet, like this is it is how a it's. It's how a group is supposed to function. Yeah, like it when it really... when it's really working, even in like stuff that's super out. Like it reminds me of like Herbie Hancock arrangements mm-hmm. are like that, where it it's it's very defined. Like the edges 
of a section. Yeah. And maybe it's just the something in me that, I mean, I, I know because I come from more of a classical background, so I like things to have some structure. Yeah. <laughs> and But this really satisfies everything. Like, yeah, really cool songwriting, but it has out there and it has some improv feel to it without being, um, it never loses me at any moment. Yeah. yeah. Song's good. And so this is it. This is the only thing that's out. Cool. You know, like there's one song in a few months. We'll have the rest of the record. This is a it, good find. Thank you. This feels like a. This is a gem. Yeah. Yeah. Ten tracks coming out in May. Sweet. We'll look forward for it. Okay. Traveling. Traveling to the traveling, back half. Traveling, traveling to the back half. Do you half. want mine? You want yours? Mine. Okay. Deliver your so, content to yeah, me. Yeah, here comes some content. I found a very pleasant conspiracy theory. Oh, that boy. semi-aligns with my personal religion. Of the muck and the goo? Of the muck and the goo. We have to explain that first. Well, no, I mean, well, first let's get into, uh, here's some wacky shit. Uh, black goo. Oh, I, that actually has, that's actually part of what I was going to talk about. You so. were going to talk about black goo? I've been on black goo, yeah. Black goo is making the rounds. Are you talking about black goo the conspiracy or black goo the actual black goo? Because both are happening. I was talking about Black Goo, the conspiracy. There's also little Black Goo robots that are, that, and then they're combining with oh, the conspiracy no, Black Goo because they're people. nanobots? Yes. Oh, but no. there's also the Black, so the Black Goo conspiracy people are focused on. The Black Goo nano, they would correct. be. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, first off, what I found so pleasant about the Black Goo conspiracy circle sure. is they are almost entirely not anti-Semitic. That's surprising. I mean, it's it's really surprising at that this is point. Because usually, usually you get to the tip part. of the conspiracy pyramid it's, and, oops, it's Jews. Yeah, they you know, really like every don't time, love sometimes you people. Because sometimes you find a fun one. You find a fun one and you go through and you're like, oh, I'm going to dig, I'm going to dig. Uh, he's an anti-Semite. Yeah. Like, oh, it's yeah. just always the end. Flat Earth. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, you wouldn't think it at first. Does it get anti-Semitic? It gets anti-Semitic. Really? Yeah. Truly? Truly. How? The Jews Made want you to think pl- that it's They want a you globe. to think it's round? Yeah. Yeah. For what purpose? To control you. Okay. Yeah. I and wi- the I, money. Oh, <laughs> I just wish because... Right. It, it would be our so lives convenient. Were, well, now we have our, our lives, elephant yes. overlords. Right, 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 right. Yeah, definitely goys the elephant. But <laughs> it like prior to the elephant times, it would have been really cool to be able to pull on some chew strings. Yeah, if there were strings, trust me, I'd be pulling. Um, yeah, I, I'm here to sadly tell you that <laughs> my people, they they got there's not that much. They're not helping me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I wish the conspiracies, um, that would, would match up, would match up. Yeah. yeah. With the reality of my life because <laughs> I <laughs> struggle to make anyone care about anything. Um, <laughs> cool. <laughs> All right. Anyway, back to this black goo. Black goo. An- non-anti-Semitic. Not anti-Semitic. There's only like one of them who is. Okay. Everyone else is just kind of like a very pleasant person. Okay, yeah. Which is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, Black Goo, 
It's like a primordial goo that came from space. Uh-huh. It's also an AI uh-huh. and an alien DNA replicant. Yeah. That my friend was just telling because he's in. He's on. He's in on Black Goo. He's a believer. Cool. So yeah. Okay. Keep going. Tell me so, more because I he I he did like you know there was like very brief you know because I think everyone that's full in to any theory is like. Maybe uh, no uh, one wants to hear this. Right, 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 right. Outside of internet. Right. You know, so give me give me the full. Well, I mean, it's a black goo from uh-huh. space that yeah. has alien DNA, and they are the AI within the black goo, which is uh, transmitted by vaccines. Uh, oh, okay. Yep, mm-hmm. is uh, implanted into us, and then we are all fighting the black goo, and the black goo is what drives us to do things like... Um, in Text your ex. S- yes. <laughs> uh, no, more like enslave each other. Oh, okay. um, Compete for money. Sorry, my head's like, in a very specific place. You're in a specific place. So, uh, you know, there's all of the lectures on black goo. They, the, the pilling is, it does go down easy because it's generally lectures that come from like kind of like a, you know, like anti-monopolistic, anti-capitalist place. They start with like, oh, look at, you know, society is constructed in this way. And, um, you know, there's a lot of, if you are um, hiring me to do something, you are coercing me beyond my will. And if I, even if I were to actively uh, make my own money, then I am coercing myself against my own will. You know, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of- I don't know about that, but okay. Against your own will, you're co- coercing yourself. Yeah, that's libertarian stuff. Okay, that's just that's just basic libertarian ideology. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it's like all of that pepper. You know, it's just like that, the breadcrumbing mm-hmm. of like you know, there's some, uh, yeah, there's some libertarian stuff. There's some hippie stuff. There's some leftist stuff. Just like right up front. Mm-hmm. And then you go, you go, you go, you go, you go, you go down, and you're like, oh yeah, hell yeah, that's like that's like an accepted idea. Mm-hmm. Big reveal, black goo from outer space. This feels like um, it feels like a spin on Thetans. It's a little bit Thetany. Just to say, because like Elrond, you know, Scientology in the news right now. We got some weird stuff happening with Miss Cabbage getting served, maybe or something. Served I don't cabbage. know. Cabbage, yeah. Um. And uh, it feels like a new, a little spin on the Thetans. It's, well, I mean, it's got a lot of everything. It's also, like, heavily rooted in, uh, it's uh, super pop culture-y. Okay. And it, because everyone just has brain rot and has just consumed uh, television because it is also, like, the main plot of the X-Files. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, and it basically, like, letter by letter. And now it's it's being like re-churned. Well, I do. I've heard people be like, the X Files was actually, uh, you know, uh, right? They're actually telling us what they're doing Which to is us. The, the, it's QAnon as at that they point. Do. That's QAnon. That's QAnon. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bummer. Yeah, it is a bummer. Okay. Uh, so uh, again, this is just like I just think that this conspiracy You're just reporting theory from is the internet. Cute. This is honestly that's what we should call the back half. Is Scott reporting, reporting from, from the, the internet. internet? That's good. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, so, I mean, like, that's basically it. It's alien goo that is a secret AI alien DNA thing, mm-hmm. and it's going to do the great replacement on the human race, uh, and it is spread by vaccines, uh-huh. uh, and it's also the plot of the X-Files. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's black goo. I mean, okay, here's my take. Hot take, hot take. Uh-huh. Because I think that we all sense that... Well, something's wrong. Something's wrong that AI is going to replace... Maybe not replace, because what does replacing mean? It's going to augment the world and be more capable than a human. In certain... as, But, I mean, it's also... I don't know. I saw some stuff about like how now it's embedding advertising into like that's part of like when you do like text prompts now uh-huh. and everything. Now you can you can buy ad space in the AI in what it generates in what it generates. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, like ultimately, we're gonna shape it. Like I, I guess it it's all. I mean, I was having like well, a I think whole people th- are fearful of us shaping it because we tend to shape things into like. War. Uh, into, well, we shape them into <laughs> I, I work monocultures. I think uh-huh. that we shape things into like either like binaries or like ultimately monocultures. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was thinking about with um I was thinking about it as kind of a reverse Turing test. Yeah. Is what I think is happen like what is more accurately happening. Uh because you know, Turing test is like, ca- can you build a machine that, that is indistingu- yeah. indistinguishable from a human? Yes. Uh, but I think that societally, we have just been building humans that are indistinguishable from machines. Yeah. Well, I think they happen uh, at the same time. It's yeah. like coming to a to a middle point that we kind of reach. We're creating more human-like mu- machines, more thinking. Com- capabilities on machines and then we're also morphing we're narrowing people. the the, the I mean, like confines I feel of that with things, human experiences yeah i feel that with things as simple as like with gmail um i mean because i use gmail and like smart compose will correct or like suggest right. the thing and it's like slightly different than what i was going to phrase it and sometimes i'll be like okay whatever and let it do it right and then i'm like no i shouldn't let it that's not how I wanted to say it. You know, I start to sound like it. And yeah. it learned how I sound by analyzing mine you. and everyone else's emails. But that's not how I wanted to sound in this moment. I was yeah. going to phrase it a little differently. It's like, what What does it matter? You know? But it also, that's just like a micro of what is happening on a... Uh, mass scale. Yeah. Which, I, I mean, I think that it's just basically, it's 40 years of limiting choice. Like... You know, encouraging hearty debate between two almost identical choices, mm-hmm. and that that has that has turned brains into goo way more than technology, like in and of itself. Yeah, but it's gonna. I don't know. So I the thing I was, I think this is on you know a similar plane to the black goo. There's there was the you saw the thing about the AI um, telling the man to leave his wife, the journalist. Right. And I thought it was interesting that everyone was so focused on that. Like my parents brought that up to me. And like I just thought it was interesting that everyone was focused on that. When you watch the clip of him talking, he's talking about how AI is going to replace um, like what do we think of the, like skilled labor, like 
like uh, the intellectual class uh-huh. faster than we than like um oh then electricians uh, and plumbers yeah yeah yeah, and, plum- yeah yeah and that what well, I guess white collar workers are going to get replaced right. much faster than blue collar and we thought it would be the opposite and that that was like the point of the his story mm-hmm. um and even he was deluded in his interview he's saying but like I don't think jobs like mine and yours because we're commenting on the news and we're commenting and we're taking like um stances and coming up with complex um thoughts and conveying them in a, a way that's receivable by a you know population and so like I don't you and I he was saying to the person interviewing him aren't going to be replaced but like the other white collar people are going to get replaced a lot faster than they think and so it was like one the the takeaway from that story was like oh no the ai tried to make him leave his wife which was like not the point (laughs) it was just it was an intention so it was like we're like denying the actual thing that's happening and even the man reporting it was because okay Uh, uh, but that's where i would i i think that there's a bigger issue at play which is that uh, because there's also something that's happening in like a lot of like um you know medium level journalism right now where it's being like slowly trickled out that like for the last six months like 90 percent of articles have just been written by an ai Uh and the thing is is that it's not 90 is it It on on like several like big publishing Uh like uh i think like the independent had like most of their articles written by ai yeah um and the thing is is that I read I've just been reading these sources for like, you know, a decade. Yeah. And the thing is is that um the people that are left in the journalism industry, I would say are like mostly like fail sons of fail sons. And oh, they're I like don't know. super well it just I mean it just is they uh-huh. fired everybody they've oh, been firing all of the actual journalists that do mm-hmm. like research and uh you know report on they or like uh killing them in car bombs right there are like people I mean that yeah, do anecdotal. Yeah, no, so there's people that have their own following on Substack. Right, for sure. Like, but they're not going to get replaced by an AI. Well, yeah, exactly. You, you okay, know, that's yeah, what yeah. I'm saying. Uh-huh. Like, there are a lot of the people that are doing these interviews that are like, I'm a fancy boy, and I never would have thought that I would have gotten replaced by an AI. And it's just like, they just like failed their way into the job and they just like live in a hollowed out industry that has just been getting shittier and shittier so when when the independent goes oh yeah these are mostly ai articles i'm like yeah i mean they were full of typos and bad just like your articles prior Mm -hmm. you know like it it just has been bad journalism for a decade yeah i mean i think there was a big realization that the clicking clickbait like titles is the is the most important Right. And then the content is sadly, I mean, who has the time? You know, I get. Right, right. I get it. I mean, that is like, so that's, I just think that with the, these are just the things that I'm thinking about when I read like uh, AI is fundamentally shifting society. It's like, I think that society has been like significantly shifted yeah, already. Yeah, yeah. And now it's just a, like a different hand on the, you know, the operating lever. Yeah. But I do think it's going to be 
it we're at the very beginning of what is I think the birth of the next like spe like it's gonna be a species. Do you think that? Not I mean, I think that I think that the the capability of creating like a, a what are they calling it now? Like a, what's the official word for AGI? The, AGI when it's artificial general intelligence. intelligence right. Artificial intelligence is just like um, you know, we're using machine right. learning and human training algorithm. You know, yeah. we're training and, and to a degree a that's thing. like lib stuff because it like the idea of like a a sentient machine was just called an AI 20 years. Now they're, you know, there's they're just going to like further define it and segment it. Well, I think they're segmenting it because there's a confusion in the general population when you say AI. People right. are like, "So it thinks for itself." Oh god, and it's like not the way it works right now. Right, 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 right. Not right now. What but, you know, I'm just saying that 20 years ago. It's just that the Well, and then the, the question becomes what when when is the line that you actually do or do not think for yourself? Like are we thinking for ourselves? Well, I would argue like no uh -huh. to a degree. That's like I I think that the thing that has made us not think for ourselves is the like consolidation of like all like I don't know when when we talked about like the ads are making me do stuff. It's like, well, two people own all products and you're just ultimately choosing but like that's our like first off it just sucks that like what product i choose is the the like the gross the sum of like self. what it is that is myself and mm -hmm. myself is being manipulated through advertising because i chose like this thing at the gas station yeah. to just like like, sh chew like on. just chew this on gum. now yeah. that that is that is uh, what my my output of personality is viewed as by even like quote deep thinkers like oh because you chose Trident at the gas station you've been manipulated by this ad uh -huh. and I'm gonna write in depth on that and that just sucks like I think I think that's just a, that's the fundamental culture shift that has occurred and so then anything that happens within that gradient is uh, bad which is also I mean like the whole point of this podcast. Uh, like to bring it all back because there is this is just I, I don't think that in like the current environment like this track that we just found that's super cool that's super cool and like an expression that goes beyond like uh you know it is not algorithmable it's not algorithmable and I mean maybe in jazz I mean, it's super awesome the, so maybe is awesome. it could and shine the thing through is, is that jazz anyone could be doing what I'm doing yeah. Like it doesn't take like in the in the spirit of like who has the time. It doesn't take very much time to sit down and just listen to the music that came out last week. Yeah. It really doesn't. Like when everyone's like, "Ah, I don't have the time because then I you're scrolling. I mean, statistically you're spending like if you are a human being, you're spending like 6 hours a day scrolling. Like oh, you could just listen it takes like to just sh like shuffle through the week's releases yeah about an hour and a half right and you find something incredible that changes i mean every time that i find one like this that just takes my mind to a new place mm -hmm. and i start to think about things that i wouldn't otherwise think about yeah. that is the point of this podcast and you feel like you find that more often than 
in Doom Scroll. <laughs> yeah. Like it, in Doom Scroll, how often do I? Well, in I Doom know, Scroll, you're just, ser- you're just that- served a recursive loop that's yeah. you reflected at you, reflected at you, <laughs> reflected at you. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. The mirrors. It's of- just, it's what it's been for such a long time. Mm-hmm. And so when we're talking about like black goo infecting us through vaccine injuries or whatever, like <laughs> it's just, it's, we've just done the brain rot ourselves. And it's just how it's been. There's no, there's nothing other than uh, our own actions repeated back at ourselves over and over and over and over again. That's and that is the, the true That's black the goo. True black goo. Well, you want to talk about muck in the goo? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's interesting that it's called black goo because right. we have a banned religion. <laughs> yes. About the muck in the goo, and I'm not sure if we've talked about this. I don't before, think so, but. The, it's a very important part of the summer, like the season lore. Um, Every single like thing I, I have brought this. I'm the evangelist. Yes. Uh, like it's uh, it's from touring for like a very long time, um, and it's like it's it's based off the fact that I feel so comfortable on the road because you start to free yourself from routine. Yeah, uh, because I I think that it's a realization every single time that you go out and you get away from your house and your things and like you know needing to be available to everyone in your town at any given time where you're just like I'm gone. <laughs> um, it changes how you interact with the world in such a fundamental way. Yeah, where you are just existing and from moment to moment, if you try to force your like desires or views or you know if you're trying to ins- overly insert yourself into like the the new town that you're in or um the any given experience that you're happening like while on tour you are going against the goo yeah the, the goo is the flow it is it's, it's like when you get into it's like when you're touring and i think that for people that don't tour in bands um a similar thing is just when you're traveling and like i have if like there's two ways to travel i think you can be a traveler or a tourist yeah and like traveling as opposed to tourism is um just also the act of going to a place but just being totally open Open to experience to experience yeah and tourist is to like have an itinerary uh-huh we're gonna go to this place at this time and we're gonna eat this and that and but all of the best moments that i have on tour are just like well look at that taco truck right there yeah you should probably see if it's good uh-huh you know and sometimes because, it does give oh, you food poisoning. sometimes it's horrible and you shit your pants but the thing is, is that that's funny that's <laughs> and that's goo. good yeah that's and i i I just like I just had food poisoning, barfing, shitting, having a horrible time. But the, I I just kept being like thumbs up, thumbs up. This is great. Yeah, you it's know? a forced like. There's such a presence that comes from. It's like I imagine you know people say, like you know I think with the meditation you're trying to get into the present moment to really yeah. experience the presence and mindfulness. Yes, mindfulness and um. I think everyone struggles with that, and there's something magical about when you're in the goo. It, it, it's a, like you're totally present. Yeah, I mean, you have to be because you're also like in slight danger. 
Right. <laughs> like it, it's just it just increases your awareness of what's happening and and I think that so I mean there's like all of these like practical things like oh you're getting outside of yourself and all of that. Um and this does tie back to like the beat poets also had a similar approach to travel and they wrote about it like they'd get into a city. I can't remember they call it like finding like finding the flow or something along those lines where they you had just get, a they had a their they had their own version of mm-hmm. the goo. Um and the thing is is that there's all these practical things, but when you're really in the goo, that's where you start to this is where it gets a little mystical, but you there starts to be like confluences of events that start to just pile up. Mm-hmm. You know what you know what I mean? You start to experience things that are slight that feel like hyper normal. Yes. Yeah, I was about to say hyper real. Yeah. Yeah. Um weird interactions with people yeah. that are um just I, I mean, I think that uh they're ev- those I don't know, it's like people that are out there all the time. Everyone and everywhere and every city has some strange characters. But I think when you're really in the goo, they find They you. find you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, maybe it's just because you're more open to being found. Uh, I I think so. So, on the other side, and uh, you know, as as we said, everyone now must live in a terrible, sad binary system, and so our religion is no also, better. Yes. Um, and so there's the goo, and there is the muck. The, the muck, yes. The muck is a. So the thing is, the goo is a subtle spiritual force. Yes. The muck is not subtle. The muck is what tries to not let you leave. Yes. Uh, The muck exists within your hometown, and it does not want you to leave. And it will manifest in, like, uh, there was a tour that I was supposed to go on. I was living in New York, and it turned out that, like, my car had racked up, like, $1,600 $1,600 in parking tickets. It turned out. I like how well, you say no, that. No, I didn't. I am mostly <laughs> a responsible it payer. Out randomly? How did it? Well, what do you mean? <laughs> it, I didn't get the tickets. Someone was removing the tickets? Well, I mean, they were just blowing off in the night. Okay. I mean, a bunch of tickets. A bunch of tickets. Sure. What? Money has piled up. Money in... has piled up. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, they booted my car yeah. 24 hours before I was supposed to go on a big tour. Mm-hmm. And the you know, the car was the, the tour, tour vehicle. Car, yeah. yeah. So I, I had to very quickly make a bunch of money to, mm-hmm. to leave. But the thing is, is that that's clear muck. It's the day before I'm leaving yeah. town. It's booted. I need cash. In that moment, I could go like, oh, no, everything's ruined and panic or go and grind out for like 18 hours and then drive to Chicago from New York uh, on no sleep and like get into the goo. Yeah. And I mean, that it's it's I think even outside of tour outside of because this is like a tour based religion. But I think the muck is a thing. It's the force that tries to keep you from doing the thing that you are trying to accomplish. Yeah. And that is kind of universal. If you are a person trying to do stuff, the muck is the things that appear that drag you away from the point. Yep. <laughs> and 
we literally once before a tour got, got stuck, stuck in, in physical muck. Yeah. Often muck has to do with car problems. Yeah. <laughs> we got stuck in an actual muck, like mud, and the yeah. car wouldn't move. Um, uh, that one we were like, that was a little on the nose, Muck. A little on the nose, Muck. Um, uh, the, the the last tour, yeah. you, your car got smashed. My, yeah, right yeah. a week before we were supposed to leave, some drunk person in a stolen car smashed into the parked tour van, uh, parked in like a neighborhood, and they <laughs> no smashed No one else it. was touched. It and, was wild. The, it, there just it was wasn't, there's loud. a speed bump yeah. before your car so they had to go from like zero to 60 it, and just hit it from the weirdest angle. The angle was so bizarre because it's a one-way street and it seemed like they hit it like a T-bone. And so I was yeah. like, how did you come at How this? did you even do this? It was impressive. And then they abandoned the stolen car and then, um, you know, it was just totally, it was, we had a week to try to fix the car couldn't drive. Shout out, Jonathan. Yeah, thank yeah. you, Jonathan. Um, saved our butts. But... That is only, I mean, we've had, there's some non-car-based muck. Oh, yeah. Often appears. Muck can come in emotional forms. Muck can there's come in physical muck, forms. There's physical muck, but it is clear. It is not subtle. And that's every time I just go, well, you kind of have to like, you have to call out the muck. It really helps. Yeah. And I think that that is... I don't know. I was listening to a. I was listening to a podcast this week that was the. I was telling you as I came in because I was coming for my car and it was playing in my yeah. on my phone. And it was like a CEO of some big company, and she was talking about how. Um, oh, people usually quit, but right like right right before, before they they're make about it. to yeah. figure it out. That's like, muck, and that is the muck. And it's not to say you know obviously you need to be realistic and practical about whether things are working and change factors to figure out you can't just keep doing the same thing over right, and over right. again because that's isn't that like madness or whatever is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different, different results, results. Yeah. but if you are changing things and taking note of what works and doesn't work and you are um pursuing a plan and then it, it's the it's right before right before it's gonna happen is when the muck will almost every time show itself yeah in one way or the other. And the muck is difficult and <sighs> very It's a good strong. thing that we are, right now, it's March 23rd and we're already we're, uh, on We're in the goo. We're well, in the, the goo. The point of what I was going for is the muck is hard, but the good side of the muck is that if you can get, get through, through it, it goo's on the other side. There's goo. That's it. That's beautiful. All right. Um, this has been I Don't Heart Radio. You can email us suggestions for music that um, you think we should be covering on this podcast. We love to hear from you at I Don't Heart Radio Pod at gmail.com. Subject line Black Goo. All right. We'll see you next week.